If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. We'll start in verse 31. I know some of y'all is cold, but some of us ain't. And since I'm up here today, I'm going to turn the air on. I know some of y'all don't like it. But when you start preaching, you can set it on what you want to. That's just the way I see it. Chad, tonight you can put it on whatever you want to, brother. That's just one of the privileges of being up here. Mm, I shouldn't have got ice in that water. Now y'all got to listen to me crunch ice over this microphone. I'm just kidding. Matthew chapter 25. Starting in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory and all the nations will be gathered before Him. He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand but the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Insomuch as you did to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. We thank you, Lord, for bringing each one that you've brought. And I just pray right now, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, that I would not even be visible, that you would provide the words that we need. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, and we ask for your guidance and your protection. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had this same opportunity to preach, and, and I preached about not dumbing down the gospel, about taking it serious. We're going to talk about some more of that today. Just how serious are we supposed to take this? My question to you this morning is, are you serious? Are you serious? I want you to self-examine, I want you to listen to what God has to say. I don't want to ask you the question. I don't want to be the one that helps you decide. I want you and God to talk it over. I want to give you the scripture and the references and allow you to answer the question. Are you serious? When was the last time you seen somebody thirsty and gave them drink? When was the last time you seen somebody hungry and gave them food? When was the last time you stepped outside your comfort zone? Let me tell you our mindset. If 
If we just go ahead and support the people that do that stuff, then that's the same as us doing that stuff. That's what, that's what our mindset is. In other words, when we have missionaries come in here and talk to us, people that travel the globe and tell people about Christ and live out the glory of God's image, when we decide that we don't have time to go other places, we ain't comfortable traveling to other places, you know what we say? We'll just give them a little money and that'll be us doing that too. Wrong. Just, just wrong. I know, I've, I've done the same thing. I've said the same things. I, I've, I've been there. The Bible calls us as individuals to do these things. We throw it off as, that ain't my calling. <laughs> and that's how we get out of it. That's how we justify it. That ain't my calling. Go with me to Matthew, the last chapter. Which will be Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. We say, that ain't, that ain't my... That ain't my calling. That ain't what God's called me to do. That ain't, I ain't built for that. I ain't made for that. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go therefore. Where does it say if you are called? Where does it say if it is your calling? Where does it say if you are a preacher? Where does it say if you are a missionary? Where does it say that? It don't say that. You know what it says? Go. And go where? All nations. Who? He's talking to his followers. He's talking to what you and I would call Christians. Are you serious? Is this really what you wanted to sign up for? He didn't call just Brother Nick or just Brother Kevin or just Brother Chad to, to tell people about Christ. He didn't just tell me to take in the ones that are strangers. Who did he tell? All of us. It's our responsibility. He didn't tell me that it was good enough for me to just give them money so they could make it happen. He told me go do it myself. Not just because I'm a preacher. Not just because I'm a Sunday school teacher. Because I claim to be a follower of His. Are you serious? This is what you signed up for? I hope so. You know, you can go your whole life. You can come. Let me tell you what happens. We come in because we want everybody to know we went to church. Because bad people don't go to church and good people do go to church. And don't nobody want to be a bad people. Right? So we come into church and we sit in our pew and it better not be nobody in our pew because we don't like it when people sit in our pew. We want you to visit, but we want you to bring your own chair, I guess, because we sure don't want you to take a chance of sitting in our pew because it will upset us. And we want to sit in our pew. We want to come in. We want to sit down. We want to hear the preacher. We want to hear the music, but we don't want them to go too long. And we don't want them to talk about things that convict us. We want them to talk to everybody else in there. We want to go stand at the door and shake the preacher's hand on the way out and go, you tell them, preach, and walk on out. 
What it ought to be is we have a desire to do what pleases God. Do y'all realize who God is? Do y'all realize what He's capable of? Do you know that He, back in Genesis, created this place? Everything that's here only exists because of Him. That includes me. My only goal in this life is to be a reflection of His glory, which is how He originally intended for it to be. And Adam and Eve ate of the wrong tree and messed all that up. Now we're working to get back to that. That is God's will for my life, is to be an image of His glory. Who benefits from me being the image of God's glory? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Who benefits from me being an image of God's glory? What is the purpose of me being an image of God's glory? What is the purpose of God's will? Who does God want to see His glory? Everybody. So who benefits from me being an image of God's glory? Everybody around me. Who's affected by them four-letter words I turn into 24-letter words? Everybody that hears it and don't want to. So who's affected by me not doing that? Everybody around me. The purpose of me being the image of God's glory isn't to build me up. We've learned that, right? Kevin has taught us it's not about me. Self died. I died. I don't exist. The only way I exist is through Christ. So the purpose of me showing God's glory, the being the image of God's glory, which is His will for my life, is so everybody else can see it. So people around me can see it. So that I can go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Everywhere. I'm not going to throw in any of them little, y'all waiting for them too, I can see you. Some of you just can't wait for me to say, and if you leave your house, you're in the mission field. I'm not giving you that excuse this morning. I'm not handing that to you. I'm not letting you off the hook. Because you know what I found out in God showing me the reality of His Word and how serious He is? Then I have learned that it's not up to me to make you feel better about what you're doing. It's not for me. I'm not here to make you feel guilty about what you're doing, but I'm not here to make you feel better about what you're doing either. I'm not going to give you those crutches you've been getting all this time. I used to get them. I'm not giving them to you. I'm just going to give you what God says, and you can deal with it from there. You know, used to, I, I, I was one of those guys that said, hey, if you can't go to Africa, then give somebody money that can. It's the same thing. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. You're letting yourself off the hook. He said for you to be an image of His glory. Where? Unto all nations. You can't do that from my house. You can't do that from the confines. This is where I'm really going this morning. It's not good enough for me and you to be good Christians inside the walls of this building. He has called us to go outside of this building and be an image of His. It's not, it's not any problem whatsoever for me to come in this, in this church building and be the image of God's glory. It's easy. It's no problem. You know why? Because everybody else is trying to do it too. i got a huge supporting cast here around me. Nobody in here is coming up and getting in my face and calling me names. Nobody in here is cutting me off. Right? It's out there that that stuff is so important. 
That's where we're going to all the nations. That, that's where we're taking it where God wanted us to take it. And I want you to think of something. God has called me to be an image of His, of His glory. To be a reflection of His Son. That's not an easy thing to do. Just period. It's not an easy thing to do. But not only has He called me to do it to the people that love me back, He's called me to do it to the people that don't like me at all. He's called me to do it for the people that don't want to hear it. Now that just upped the stakes a little. Now it's might near impossible to love somebody that don't love me back. You know, he was serious when he said turn the other cheek. You know, he was serious when he said don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans chapter 12 verse 1. He was serious about that. Bill, you know how hard it is to not be conformed to that stuff when I'm in it every day? Well, that's tough stuff. He was serious. Are you serious? I signed up for this. Yep, I did. I sure did. I signed up for this. I signed up to be the one that gives water to those who are thirsty, and I ain't just talking about the preacher on Sunday morning. I'm talking about them that don't, don't deserve it. <laughs> See, what we want to do is give them what they deserve. That's our mindset. That is our, that, all we want is people to get what they deserve. Let me assure you of something. Nobody in this building, including me, wants God to start handing out what we deserve. Because what I deserve is an eternity in hell. That's what I deserve. I don't want what I deserve. Therefore, I can't hand out what they deserve, what y'all deserve. It burns me to hear somebody say, I hope they get what they deserve. I don't think you do. Because if you have to get what you deserve, it's probably going to be just as bad. You don't want what you deserve. What I want is grace. What I want is mercy. What I want is to be covered in the love of God. That's what I want. So if that's what I want, what do you think i got to do for others? <laughs> the same thing. God ain't never gave me anything for me. Everything I have, everything God's ever blessed me with, He blessed me for the purpose of sharing it with people around me. That includes grace. That includes forgiveness. That includes mercy. That includes God's love. It ain't just for me. It's for me to share with everybody around me. That's the purpose of it. That's the, that's the purpose. Man, I was going to do the funniest thing this morning and I forgot. You let me forget. I was just going to get up here and just go in closing and start that way. I forgot. Go back to Matthew with me. Because I want to show you something. What we seen, what we read when we started was, was, was him talking about the person that did do the feeding. The person that did provide water. And what their reward was going to be. Did y'all see that? Did y'all catch that in our reading in Matthew chapter 25? Oh, let's look at verse um, 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on... No, that ain't what I'm looking for. Then the King will say to those on His right hand, He separated the goats from the sheep. Those on the right hand of the sheep, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
inherit the kingdom. This is the people. This is the sheep. These are the ones on the right hand. These are the ones that did feed the hungry. This is for the ones that did give to the thirsty. This is the ones that did take in the strangers. These are the ones that done it right. And they didn't even know who they were doing it to. They said, Lord, when did we see you hungry and give you food? When did we see you naked and give you clothes? What did he tell them? Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. Whatever you have done, y'all think, some of you got a scary look on your face because you're sitting there thinking, whatever I did to the least of one of them, I did, yep. That's what he's saying. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. As a matter of fact, I am serious. Whatever you did, total strangers, I'm telling y'all, you're taking a risk by using this Christianity thing as a game to play. It ain't no game. It's a serious business. This is get in or get out because playing with it will get you in a world of trouble. An eternity of trouble. You don't want to play with this. This isn't some game. This isn't something you do just to show your friends that you're not a bad person. If you're going to do this, do it. If you're not, you can sleep in on Sunday mornings. Because for some folks in church this morning, that's the only difference in them and their, their unchurched friends is their friends slept in this morning. They got up and came to church somewhere. Don't be that guy. Don't be that lady. Don't be that person. Take it serious. This is serious business. This is serious stuff. I want you to see about the other, the other side of this. We stopped reading in verse, um, verse 40. Let's start in verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, these are the goats, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. This is a place prepared for the devil and his angels. So in other words, the only way you can get into hell, the everlasting fire, is to either be the devil or his angels. Do y'all see that? Do you see that? There's, there, let me say, we've got all these categories of people and all these different places they're going to go. Let me tell you something. There's not all these different places. There's not all these different categories. There is Satan and his angels. There is God and his people. That's the only two teams there are. This is the people that fall into that category. Look at this. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they all, ooh, then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Assuredly I say to you, and so much as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. If you love me, keep my commandments. Y'all remember hearing that anywhere? Where, where did he say, as long as I support the people who do these things, I'm okay? It's not there, is it? Who's called to do this stuff? Who's called to feed the hungry? Who's called to give water to the thirsty? Who's called to clothe the naked? 
That'd be me. That'd be you. That'd be God's people. None of these things, doing them alone, will get you into heaven. Do not misread. Do not misunderstand. Do not read too deep into this. I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you that if you don't do these things, you ain't going to make it. I'm not telling you that solely doing works will get you into heaven. It does not work that way. What I'm telling you is, is when you receive the free gift of salvation, you die. You're dead. I no longer exist. I live only through Christ. And a desire to do things that make me an image of His glory rises up in me. You, if you call yourself a Christian, should have a desire to do these things. An overwhelming desire to please God. And we look in His Word and we find out what pleases Him. You know what pleases Him? For me to do good to everybody. For me to show love to everybody. For me to feed the hungry. For me to give. You know what? Me and my wife used to be real good. With money. Real good. We got all our debt paid off. We didn't owe nobody nothing. We were saving our money. We were spending our money. We was giving like we ain't never give before. And didn't tell nobody no. And then for some crazy reason, the two of us decided, between two of us, not just one or the other, that we needed us a new house. So, Ronnie, we went and built us a new house, and we said we ain't going to be silly. We ain't building no big house. It's two of us. We don't need much. And we built us a little house. And along with that little house came a little house payment. Now, let me assure you, things ain't as comfortable at the king household as it once was. And we keep talking about how tight things are. It ain't no secret. The jobs ain't as plentiful. Times are tight, rough. You can blame it on whoever you want to. It's just that way right now. Times are just, just tough right now for everybody. So they have this thing, and I ain't telling y'all this to brag. Don't get me wrong. I'm telling y'all this to share something with you. Because old Nick has used every excuse that he can possibly use to not do this stuff and justify it. So I want to remove y'all's excuses. That's all I'm doing is giving you a story from my own life. So here we are, poor, <laughs> broke, <laughs> all that stuff, just barely getting by in our eyes, the way we see it. The radio program that I listen to every morning is the Rick and Bubba show. Rick and Bubba had some guests these last two days, th Thursday and Friday, that was World Vision. World Vision is an organization that feeds the hungry, an organization that gives water to the thirsty, that gives clothes to the naked. They do it all overseas. And what they want you to do, Bill, is give your hard-earned dollars that I don't have no more so much money a month and sponsor a child. And I knew that's what they did because I listened to them for two years. So you know what I said Thursday morning, Ricky Lee? Oh, Rick and Bubba's got their marathon on. I'm going to listen to something else quick. And I changed the channel. And let me tell you, that radio, and I am not lying. I promise you this is the honest to goodness truth. 
That radio in that shop where I work would not pick up any station. It wouldn't pick up the fix, the fish, or it wouldn't pick up nothing. It would only pick up the river, which is where Rick and Bubba are. It wouldn't even, I was going to sacrifice, and this is, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. I was going to sacrifice and listen to Bubba and Ed. It wouldn't pick him up. So I put it back on the river. But I turned it down. Because <laughs> I didn't want to hear it. I, did, I don't have no extra money. I don't have no money. I do not have money. I'm broke, God. I'm poor. Leave me alone. The radio in our shop, and, and I'm, I'm telling y'all the truth. It's, it's old. It's been in there a long time. And it has a mind of its own. Sometimes during the day, it will get louder. Sometimes it will get lower and go plumb off. You have to go over there and wiggle the button and it'll start getting louder again. But now you don't just set it where you want it. You know, like a normal radio. Because, I mean, that one would cost money and we don't have no money so we ain't bought one. We're still just using this one that has a mind of its own. So I turned the volume down on it where if anything was going on. Now, in our shop, most of the time it's pretty loud and you can't hear the radio no way. Well, Thursday wasn't a whole lot going on. Can't imagine that. Everything that was going on didn't require beating and banging and impacts and fire tools and running bulldozers and that kind of stuff. So it was kind of quiet in the shop. <laughs> and the longer I stood there, the louder that radio got. And I said, uh-uh, not today. And I would go over and I'd turn it down and go, Rrr. and I had to listen to all these heart-wrenching stories. You know how they do on a radio phone. I had to listen to all these heart-wrenching stories. I finally just cut it off because I didn't want to hear it. Friday morning was day two of their marriage. Now listen, they had a goal for themselves. They wanted to sponsor 450 children between their two days of radio. They had some incentives to do that. You was going to have to listen to the Gobble Gobble song Friday morning if they didn't get so far Thursday. And Y'all don't know it's a Gobble Gobble song. Y'all don't know how painful that is. And, and Dr. Lou was going to be on Friday morning. Dr. Lou is a guy, you know, Lou Holt, y'all ever heard, there's a guy that does an impression of Lou Holt, he's real funny, um, he's hilarious, and we wasn't going to get to hear Dr. Lou if we didn't make our goal by a certain time, and I like Dr. Lou. So Friday I had given in, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to listen to it, I can block it out, right, I mean, that, that ain't no trouble, just block it out, just don't listen, just don't pay no attention, and I had, now remind, let me remind you, I knew last Sunday that I was going to be preaching this Sunday, so I've been studying all week. <laughs> Right here, okay? All right, just keep that in mind. All right, so this stuff here I'm meditating and praying over and I'm listening to this stuff on the radio and this guy is giving this big long sob story. And I could tell y'all 14 stories that they told Thursday and Friday, but you can ask my wife, if I try, I'm going to cry like a big baby. Because every time I've tried to tell her about it and tried to tell her about it and I just cry, just like this, just can't control it. Just, I mean, give me a napkin. I mean, one of them kind of cries, Ronnie. I ain't talking about a few tears. I'm talking about furthermore letting her go is what I'm talking about. So Amanda comes in the shop and World Vision is on. I start telling her one of these stories. And I said, you know, if we don't get 350, um, 450 kids by, I can't remember what time it was. I said, in the next 20 minutes, I'm not going to get to hear Dr. Lou this week. She said, yeah. I said, well, I, I'd, I'd like to hear Dr. Lou. <clears throat> she said, um, 
She said, so what are you telling me? I said, what I'm telling you is, I was over there working on that bulldozer. You know, like big tough men do. I was working on the, on the engine in that bulldozer. I'm talking about diesel fuel, grease and oil going everywhere. Like a big burly man. And I was at the same time praying that didn't none of my co-workers come over there because I was squalling like a baby. And I was going to have to explain to them how this big burly guy on the tracks of this bulldozer had done got tears and snot in the diesel fuel. I said, so I'm not, I'm, all I'm telling you is, is I've been studying what i got to study this week and conviction has come upon me and God has explained to me that he didn't tell me to help other people be able to do it. He told me it wasn't good enough for me to just get up here and instruct y'all on what to do, that I had to live it. And conviction has come upon the big heart of your big teddy bear husband. She said, so what you're telling me is you want me to go in there on that computer and sponsor us a child. I said, what I'm telling you is, please. Because <laughs> God ain't going to leave me alone until I do. I can't handle it no more. These stories are killing me. This guy, I ain't even going to try it. <laughs> so we go in the office. Mm. She goes in the office because I'm at work and I can't do that. Right, Jerry? So, um, so she went in the office while I worked, and she pulled it up on the computer, and she clicked on this little guy or this little icon that said um, um, support or sponsor a child or whatever, and, and the, the first child that pops up is the child that's been waiting the longest, and the way this works is with World Vision, 87 cents of every dollar you give goes straight to the child. They operate on 13 cents on the dollar. 87 cents of the dollar goes to the, the child. It goes first to the child when the child gets to a certain stage. Then it goes to the child's family. Once the family gets to a certain stage, then that money goes out into the child's community. It's the way it works. They got it set up that way. For $100, you can send them a goat and two chickens. Now that sounds funny, but let's think about that. In every room, me and Amanda looked and we have we have three places inside and two places outside of our home where we can go and turn a knob and get fresh water. We're, we're poor. Ronnie, we're, Ricky, we're barely getting by, brother. We have six places we can go and turn a knob and get fresh water. Ronnie, I can go to two rooms in my house and lift the lid and take a glass and get fresher water than most of these people I'm talking about can get y'all know what I'm talking about and we think we're poor <laughs> we're barely getting by and the whole time God has told me there shouldn't be people like that because he has blessed me with the, a way of doing it so we sign up for this thing it's $35 a month will accomplish what they're trying to accomplish so I go back to work. I mean, I while I was in the shop working, because there's witnesses in the room. <laughs> anyway, a few minutes later, after we had done signed up for this thing and I got through wiping up the snot and tears, now I could listen to it with a whole different mindset, right? 
There wasn't no more conviction in it. I'd done mine. My wife comes out. She says, um, figured out a way we're going to pay for this. I said, really? I'm glad. Because <laughs> I just figured I'd deal with the conviction and we'd worry about the money later. You know what I mean? You know how far she broke it down? She said, you know what it'll take for us to do this every month for the rest of our lives? I said, what? She said, 60 cents out of your pocket a day, 60 cents out of my pocket a day. A dollar and, fi- a dollar and 15 cents. We're going to make it a dollar and 20. <clears throat> she said, I even come up with a creative way to do it. I said, all right. She said, we're going to have us a World Vision Cup in our house. And this thing's going to serve more than one purpose. Every time you drop your 60 cents in it, which is every day, you're reminded to pray for that child and their family. When I drop my 60 cents in that cup, I'm reminded to pray for that child and that family. And when people come in and go, what's that? We're going to tell them. We're going to tell them what it is. And we're going to take them to God's word and tell them why we done what we done. We think we're poor, but God has blessed us with exactly what we need to do what he's called us to do. What has he called us to do? To make disciples of all the nations. He didn't say give money to people who do it. He said do it. He didn't say convict the hearts of other people so they'll give money to do it. He said for me to give the money to do it. You see what I'm saying? I'm saying it ain't a bad thing to give money. I'm also saying that if God lays it on your heart that you've got to get up and go, whether it's across town or across the ocean, you better be getting on a boat. <laughs> because according to this, those who don't do it are considered goats. Now, doing this is not going to get you into heaven. Doing this becomes a desire once you receive salvation. Right? The works are a result of salvation. Salvation is not a result of the works. Don't get confused. Don't get out of here confused. Whoever does these things. Let's look one more time at the last verse in in, in Matthew. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Because I'm going to bring it down simpler. See, I've been real big on you this morning. I brought you the hard part first. Here we go. We're going to get down to a little simpler. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now who did he say to do that? All the preachers? All the missionaries? All of us, right? It's our responsibility. Look at it how you want to. It's what you're called to do. I don't care how old or how young you are. If you call yourself a child of God, this is your responsibility. Take it as a responsibility. Now look, go a little further. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Huh? Are you serious? Are you serious? Who did it say to teach them? Who's supposed to teach them? The teachers? The preachers? The song leaders? Who's supposed to teach them? Bill, it's your responsibility. Sean, it's your responsibility. Kenitha, it's yours. Ronnie, it's yours. It ain't just mine. Whose responsibility is it? It's ours if you call yourself a child of God. It is your responsibility to teach them to observe, to do how much? Part of it, some of it, the fun of it. No, all of it. Doing God's Word is hard. It's hard work. It's big responsibility. And let me tell you something. You can't teach somebody to do something that you ain't doing yourself. 
Whose responsibility is it? Brother Kevin's? Miss Chastity's? No, it's yours. If you call yourself a child of God, quit dumbing down the Bible. This is what it says. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. The good news about you having to teach people and to do all things that have been commanded is you ain't got to do it by yourself. Quit whining. I am with you always. This right here is why I don't ride airplanes. You see that? Lo! I am with He don't say nothing about high, Ricky Lee. Lo, I am with you always. I ain't taking the risk of getting off the ground, and he didn't mean that. I am just kidding, by the way. I don't want you to leave out of here today and tell everybody what a great message that was for everybody else. You cannot deny that God's Word Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20. It's talking about you. It's your job to make disciples. It's your job to teach them to observe all things. You can't teach somebody to do something that you ain't doing yourself. And you can't keep putting off the blame on everybody around you. We live in a country that claims... Hear me loud and clear. That claims to be 96% Christian. Population of the United States, 96% of them claim to be Christians. Do you believe that? Do you believe that we live in a nation that is 96% active Christian? God fearing what the Bible's called them to be Christians? Ain't no way. There's no way you can get to where we are today in our country and 96% of the people be Christian. Ain't happening. No way. Not a chance. No way. Impossible. <clears throat> you know what they are? They are 96% of the people who did not want to say that they are Muslim. They did not want to say that they were Buddhist. They did not want to say that they are whatever. They'd heard their mama, their grandmama, their granddaddy, their great aunt, somebody say Christian somewhere down the line. So when they was asked the question, you know what they said? Christian. That's how it got there. There's no way that 96% of this country is Bible-believing, Bible-practicing, go therefore and make disciples kind of Christians. No way, not a chance. I'm thinking more along the lines of about 20-25% myself <clears throat> that are wholehearted, sold out, ready to go do the work Christians. Take it serious. Take it serious. Take God at His word. He means every word of it. He means for you to make disciples of all nations. But you know what else he means? Right down here at the bottom where he says, I am with you always, he means that too. He's not going to send you to do that by yourself. He's not going to ask you to give money that you don't have and not return it to you. He will. I promise you he will. There are plenty of opportunities for you to feed those that are hungry, to give drink to those that are thirsty, to give clothes to those that are naked. We have all of those things covered in ministries right here inside of this church. All, I mean, you can do as little as that. 
Or you can do as much as go out here and find some stranger that you really don't know. Take care of them. Ain't no easy thing to do. It'll be burdensome. They'll want a sausage and biscuit to go with that cup of coffee. I'll guarantee you. I'll guarantee you. I know I'm, I'm doing that myself right now. It'll go from a dollar a day to six dollars a day. I guarantee you. But if you're doing it because God's called you to do it, you won't suffer for it. You'll be blessed for it. I guarantee you. I'm going to ask Miss Shirley and Brother Mike to come up here and give us a song of invitation. I don't even know what the invitation looks like on a message like this. All I know is it's what God told me to speak. And I want to encourage you to respond. However, please don't keep playing with this. Please don't keep pretending to be. Please don't just keep going through the motions. If you walk in here every Sunday and you walk back out that door the same as you came in, something is wrong. You've sat there with your shield up and deflected everything that was said. Because I know Brother Kevin has preached some very convicting messages that should have changed some people. You ought to have changed over the last few months. Don't just be satisfied with your maturity level in your spiritual maturity level being down here. Have a desire to grow. To be all, I'm not ashamed to tell you I think I'm spiritually, my maturity level is way ahead of where it was five years ago. I'm not ashamed, and I expect the next five years it ought to be higher than that. It ain't going to happen in sitting at the house watching Monday night football and finding out who the next idol is and, and who killed the biggest alligator. All that stuff ain't going to do it. It's going to take getting in God's word, taking a little responsibility, coming in here and getting a little conviction, and then deal with it. Change it. Don't look into that mirror and go, huh? And walk off. When you look into that mirror and you see something wrong, change it. Do something about it. Don't run from the conviction. Don't push it off on somebody else. Deal with it. Do what you got to do. Be who God's called you to be and experience the fullness of God. Whatever God's laid on your heart, I ask you to deal with that this morning.